It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. And a very good morning to you. We welcome you along to Friday's edition of the programme. The old scratchy throat is still there. Thank God it's Friday. I'll rest it up over the weekend and hopefully it'll be gone by Monday. Now, Bernie is sitting in for John Paul. He is on a day off today. So if there's anything you want to share with us when you're giving us a call, it's Bernie. We'll be answering your calls. 1850-333-103. Texting and WhatsApp. Those also available at 0862-103-103. And our last chance today for you to win a family pass to go and see Jack and the Beanstalk at the Everyman Theatre on Wednesday the 18th of December 6 o'clock we want you there because we've got a VIP start we will give you a panto clue later on on the programme you've got to try to work out who's at the top of the Beanstalk it's a different panto character. You've got to try and work out who it is and we'll do that in the, probably in the last hour but we may do it in the second hour. You've got to hang around at some stage on the programme today. We'll do it. Call at 10 to 1850 to correctly identify the panto character today uh, will win. And if you want to check out all about Jack and the Beanstalk which is Cork's traditional panto. It's actually opening tomorrow night November 30th. It runs through until the 12th of January and you can get more details at Everyman Cork dot com but your chance to win that family pass on the programme today. Can I just reference at the start of the programme the doll printer and I think have I spoken about this every day this week? I think I have because it was on Monday I started to get calls in about it because somebody had spotted I think in fairness to the Irish Times they were the paper they were the paper that uh, broke this story last weekend. They got somehow got a tip off because they got information then out I think under Freedom of Information and they discovered that this very expensive printer had been purchased over 800,000 euro it that in itself seemed like a story because it seemed like a very expensive printer. But then, of course, as we subsequently discovered and we mentioned yesterday, because the Public Accounts Committee, they ordered a report to find out why why this printer costs so much and to try to get to the bottom of the mess that has been made with the ordering of this print, printer, the subsequent arrival of the printer. And then when it arrived to the houses of the Oireachtas, they discovered it was too big for the printing room. They couldn't fit it in. And the total cost, as we mentioned yesterday, has gone to 1.8 million euro. So it's now gone a million over 
the original cost of the printer itself, which just seems uh, ludicrous. Now, the big thing was the fact that this printer arrived Actually, it was December of last year, I'm sure. I saw a date, there was a timeline at one stage I was reading during the week, I think it was December of last year, that it it was either ordered or it arrived, I'm unsure. Uh, no, I think it was actually when it arrived because they discovered then as soon as it, ar- it arrived that they, it was too big for the printing room and they, they couldn't get it in. So there was an amount of work had to be done, including the height of the ceiling, which is kind of the obvious one. Whatever about if maybe it was a bit too wide to fit into a certain corner, but you would have assumed that when they were ordering this printer, the first thing they would have checked was the height of the ceiling in the printing room where they were going to install it and then check with the company that they were ordering it from how high is the actual printer. Now, in the report yesterday, the company that supplied the printer had recommended a ceiling height in excess of that was available in the room in the tender documents. So somebody obviously didn't spot that. Now, it doesn't get into, this report doesn't get into who exactly it was messed up there and didn't actually spot that the company are saying this is the recommended ceiling height. Oops, the printing room is below is below that and then of course we know all the work went on to get the room sorted out so that this monster of a printer top of the range printer could fit in and this is where the question starts to be asked was how did it cost so much I mean I was saying yesterday the figure that was that was actually quoted of was a 230,000 to to rectify the building so that it could fit in to me, it sounded like you could build a couple of houses out of it. You could certainly build one decent sized house. Did it really have to cost uh, that much? But anyway, they're saying that's how much that, that it cost. And it, it was installation works as well. And that, of course, had to be added on as, as well. But the reason that it's gone to 1.8 million was the Office of Public Works stated that when they were getting, when they realised that this work had to be done in the printing room they used the opportunity to carry out further upgrades on the building and that came in with an additional cost of 195000 so you can add that in so the 1.8, what they're trying to say is the 1.8, you can't put it all down to the cost of the printer, other works uh, got done uh, as well and then as we know because people were saying are they using the printer yet, they're not because the staff are understood to be seeking additional payment because they want to be trained to use this new machine. And then yesterday to me, the icing on the cake and the the story of the printer, it's the story that keeps on giving. And I actually stopped dead in my tracks when I heard it said by, it was the Sinn Féin TD, David Cullinan, a member of the PAC, who made the point that a forklift will have to be used for the new machine. He had been speaking with members of the staff and it seems the printer is twice the size of any other printer that the staff have ever used before and they will actually need to use a forklift in a very tight space to load up the paper and seemingly they'll have to negotiate the forklift into this tight space, get the paper in, then they'll have to reverse the forklift out and get it down to another part in order to take it, the, the whatever comes back out, you know, if they're printing big reams of pages. It just, 
So the staff now have got to be trained in, in forklift driving and anyone who's done courses on forklift driving will know that there's, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, work has to be done in order to pass that particular course. They're going to have to do that course as well. And of course, the staff have agreed that they'll go on all these courses and they'll learn what buttons need to be pushed. And I'm being facetious when I'm saying that they want training, what buttons need to be pushed. There's training and involved. This is a great big new machine that they've obviously never operated anything like it uh, before. They need, they will need training on it but the staff are insisting that the only way they'll do that training is if we get paid to do the training and that's the joys of being a civil servant you are entitled uh, to do that and one other thing and I don't know how many people noticed this the controversial printer in Enster House they released a photograph of it I think because so many people were asking about this printer and saying you know what the hell could we take a look at this so it's a there's a picture of Printing presses really is what the picture looks to me. But if you look very closely at the picture, at the back of the picture, there is a pair of trousers hanging up. They look like kind of training shorts, bicycle shorts, like long ones or ones that you wear going to the gym, like a leggings. And they're hanging up. It's as if somebody is using the printing press as a clothes horse. I don't know who owns it. It just happens to be in the photograph. Now, I'm sure whoever left the trousers as the photograph was, was being taken is going to get a bit of a, a talking to. But if you look carefully, just look at the back of the photograph, you will see there are a pair of trousers hanging up. So it is now a very expensive clothes horse is what the printing machine is being used for. Now, coming up on the programme this morning, toddlers not able to crawl, walk or chew properly. This is the latest report that has come out on the effects on families of children being raised in emergency accommodation. We have families who we know are heading into Christmas this year who whose children will be waking up on Christmas morning in a hotel room or a B&B. It's just shocking. And if you've got a small child, toddler or a baby that's born into into emergency accommodation you're trying to raise that child very little room in a crowded hotel room if you've got a full family inside the hotel room you know extra beds put in very little room for a child to crawl or to walk around but seemingly chewing learning how to chew has also become an issue and learning when children learn to chew that's all part of them using their jaw uh, muscles and that's all part of children learning to speak So to me, the knock on effect of this could be speech and language difficulties. It's just it's one of the shocking, shocking effects for families of having to raise their children in emergency accommodation. So we'll talk about that. Could Clonakilty lose its community bike scheme due to insurance cover? This would be one of those really shocking things if this was to go. I mean, we're always hearing, sadly, we're hearing too many businesses and outdoor adventure centres and children's indoor play areas having to close down because of insurance costs or they're threatened with closure. They just come back from the brink, but they're paying huge amounts in insurance premiums. Yesterday, Dean O'Donovan of O'Donovan's Hotel in Clonakilty spoke to us. Uh, Christmas will be the last. They'll close the doors on the venue nightclub. That's down to insurance uh, costs. And actually, it was during that chat with Dina that I happened to mention about the community bikes. And she said, yeah, there's a, there's a question mark over their head. So we're going to look into that in more detail today. Uh, we're going to talk about problem gambling and gambling when it comes to young people and young people having access to gambling, particularly online gambling and what measures are in place to protect young people. For example, how do the gambling companies know what age the young person is? And is there a danger of a young person 
getting, you know, mum or dad's credit card or debit card and running up huge bills in a household when technically by age they shouldn't even be online. What We shouldn't be on gambling online and what do the companies need to do to try to protect young people? So uh, we'll hear about that on the programme today. And it is the Late Late Toy Show night. Tonight is the night when uh, children all over the country get to stay up later than normal even though usually with all of the excitement and, and whatever, a lot of the children you'll see photographs will go up on, on various various social media sites of children with the excitement of it all and half of them are asleep before the end of it because it does go on very late they don't start the Late Late Show earlier for the toy, toy show but there's a huge amount of excitement uh, surrounding it and there are a number of very talented Cork children who have made it through and it's a big big deal to appear on the Late Late Toy Show we've managed to track down one of the young people taking part and we're hoping to have a chat if not with the young lad himself we're certainly going to have a chat with uh, Mammy or Daddy on the programme and of course Ryan Tuberty and the Late Late Toy Show team have released that the theme for this year is Frozen and I'm assuming that it's in the opening scene that Ryan Tuberty is going to come out dressed as Olaf the snowman from Frozen so we we look forward to seeing that and obviously they're also going to pay homage to the late uh, Gay Byrne it's just three weeks since we lost the legendary Gay Byrne and it was Gay Byrne who started the Late Late Toy Show. So they're going to use the opportunity to remember Gay Byrne tonight uh, as well. 1850 Bernie's taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Pat in from Oi said there was a rumour that the Dáil Committee doing the inquiry into the printer, this was the report for the Public Accounts Committee, that they wouldn't be able to print the report themselves as there was no one in the office that could drive a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, uh, Pat. And somebody else says, Patricia, this printer is starting to sound like the e-voting machine. Get rid of it. It's a joke. Poor people are uh, homeless and this is all going on. It must be very hard, I have to say, for people, uh, homeless people to be hearing about this, you know, 1.8 million. But don't even get me started on the e-voting machines. But there were, there were not a fraction near the cost of the e-voting machines. They were at 80 million, wasn't it, was what the e-voting machines uh, cost. Look, the printing machine will get sorted, but it's just no heads will roll over this. We will never get to the bottom of of who is to blame for to for for it, like who made that decision? The printer was bought. Is anybody going to stand up and say, "Yes, I was wrong. I should have measured and measured the room." Even if they were to come out and just say, "I made a mistake. I thought it was going to fit," but no, they'll pass. It'll they'll get passed from one person to the next person, and we will never get to the bottom of who actually made the decision. And actually, probably what will only happen is there'll be a report into a report into a report, which will only ultimately cost more money because every report is just going to cost money. So it'll just raise the cost. It'll go even higher than the 1.8 million. But thank you for your texts and calls. A lot of people. It's more frustrated. I think people are just frustrated about it. I know I was laughing when I said, you know, it's the story that keeps on giving. It's just like every day this week, something extra seemed to have come out about this particular story. Uh, hopefully it'll all get sorted and they'll have this wonderful printing press and they'll be able to print the Christmas cards and the calendars and everything else that they need to print in the Oroctus, in the houses of the Oroctus. 
and hopefully the printer will be with us for a long, long time to come that it won't need to be replaced. And thank you to Mary Alice O'Hara. Mary Alice O'Hara is one of our listeners who listens to us stateside. She recently discovered us. She got some kind of a new speaker and she was flicking around various radio stations and she discovered us and she, she regularly emails and it's always great to hear from Mary Alice in the States but she sent in a lovely text to say Hi Patricia, so here in the US of A was Thanksgiving Day yesterday at my local church. We sent out over 400 meals to those who are housebound and then we served a lovely Thanksgiving meal to anyone who didn't want to spend the holiday alone. I listen to your radio show and I understand how important the community is to you and I think that is what has drawn me to your broadcast. I must say your folks over the pond are much better at taking care of your community family than they are here in the US of A. Ireland set the example of love thy neighbour. Happy holidays, says Mary Alice, and a Merry Christmas, which here in the States we can't even say anymore without getting somebody up in uproar. And let's hope that that never happens here. Thank you for that and many happy returns, Mary Alice. We hope you have a, a lovely Christmas. And yeah, we do have great community spirit. And whenever, there's never, I think, a time where I won't mention somebody on the programme who's, you know, down on their luck something's gone wrong they've fallen on hard times and every single time I'll mention it somebody one of our listeners will either send on money or will ring with an offer of help Uh, people are always so willing to help out those less fortunate than themselves and only today can I just acknowledge because it arrives safe and sound somebody sent in uh, 100 euro that they want to pass on to a needy case so thank you for that just to let you know that that arrived uh, safe if you are looking for a good night out and you are in the Donnerail area can I suggest you go along to the lovely setting of the old convent chapel in Donnerail because a group of local actors are taking part in that wonderful play Kings of the Kilburn High Road and it opens tonight Friday November the 29th it's on again on Saturday the 30th and then it's on Sunday December the 1st and then it's on the 6th 7th and 8th so it's on this weekend and next weekend and tickets can be booked by ringing 0860819338 booking is advisable please because they don't want to disappoint people and often what happens when local plays like this are put on everyone's the best intention of uh, going to go along to it and then when they think about the, at the last minute they go to try and get tickets and the tickets are all gone and people get disappointed so you've got this weekend and next weekend if you want to go see Kings of the Kilburn High Road and can I wish all the lads because that's, that's an all male play it's a great great play it's where they, they see with the young Irish men who emigrate to London in the, in the early 70s and you know it was the generation where they all had the manual jobs digging the ditches and doing the, the construction uh, work and uh, it's just great and it, it sums up an era that a lot of people actually will 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 certainly identify with. Anyway, it's all local actors. They're all part of the Donnerell Drama Society and we wish them luck with it, staging it in the old convent chapel in Donnerell. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Call 
Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, homeless toddlers forced to live in emergency accommodation now need additional intervention due to their inability to walk, crawl or even chew properly. And that's due to the constraints of living in a hotel room or a B&B. These issues were highlighted this week at a conference hosted by Social Justice Ireland, where I am joined by Colette Bennett. Good morning to you, Colette. Good morning, Patricia. Um, Thanks I, for having me. I, I, you're, you're more than welcome. Are, are we now uh, talking about children not hitting their developmental markers at certain ages because of where they're being raised? Absolutely. So this, as you said, this piece was included in a paper that I presented at our conference on Tuesday, looking at rebuilding Ireland and just reviewing the five pillars. And just for, for your listeners who may not know, the five pillars there are addressing homelessness, accelerating social housing, building more homes, improving the rental sector, uh, utilising existing housing. Um, now, this came in in July 2016, and at the time we were fairly quick to flag. While it is looking at the whole five as a, as a whole, it, the targets were very, very modest at best and really weren't going to, to meet the crisis. But even within that, they're not meeting the targets. So in terms of the, the children and the, the story that's been doing the rounds this week, um, you know, the so this is something that's been flagged by homeless charities up and down the country, by Focus, by Simon, um, by Peter McFerry. And last month, Novus, which run a family hub in Limerick, they reported that they have children coming to them um, that because they've, their parents have been using those um, pureed food pouches, because they're sterile and they have some level of nutritional value, um, for far, far longer than a child would normally be using those, um, that they're having difficulty chewing and swallowing. My now, God. you know, lots of people forget, I suppose, that, you know, eating and feeding is a learned skill. Like we, we learn it in the same way as we learn how to walk and we learn it around the same time. So people don't really realise it. Um, certainly the whole process of doing that, it strengthens the muscles, like going from puree to lumpier foods and onto what, what's called table foods. It strengthens the muscles in your jaw and your tongue, in your esophagus. And obviously, they're also muscles that have to do with your speech. So children are coming um, with developmental delays around all manner of things in terms of nutrition, in terms of their social skills, in terms of their education, in terms of their their feeding. Um, and this was something that was also flagged by Temple Street Hospital in January of this year when they said they were discharging 842 children last year into homelessness. And they flagged the fact that this is creating these developmental delays it's 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 just shocking and it's it's the, it's not the pick god help the poor parents if you're living in a hotel room you can't cook a lunch absolutely. or a dinner absolutely so if you're in a, in a hotel room and anybody who's had you know the family room experience and you know that's not the experience of homeless families they're not in the, the larger rooms necessarily um, but anyone who's had that they know there's no Unless you can use the facilities of a restaurant, there are no cooking facilities in hotels and bed and breakfasts. And homeless families don't get to use the other facilities. They get the room and that's it. So in terms of what their, you know, what their parents are doing, there's absolutely no judgment on that. They are doing the best they can in their circumstances to provide for their children. Those pouches, which most mothers have used up and down the country at this stage, um, they are widely used. They do have some level of nutrition in them. They're fruit or their vegetables or a combination of both. The problem with it is that because of the lack of cooking facilities, they can't wean their children. They can't move on into cooked lumpy foods. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know a lot of my friends would would have would have used them over the years when when they were on the move, when you were travelling yeah. somewhere. It was always great to have one of those inside in the nappy bag. But you certainly would never have considered your child that being your child's full diet, but as you say, no. Uh, no choice. And then not learning to crawl or walk—that's just down to limited space. Again, absolutely. When you think of you know a family unit, you're talking. A mother, maybe a father in, in this situation, because the majority of families are, are single mothers' households, but um, in, in emergency accommodation. But if you think of it, you've got at least one, if not two adults, and then you've got at least one, if not two or more children. So you're, you've got a, a double bed, maybe a single bed, maybe a cot bed. You're very, very limited in space here. So they don't have, you know, the, the, the level of space they need to crawl, to learn how to walk. So that's being delayed as well. And obviously then that has an impact on other areas of their life in terms of their social ability um, and to interact with others. And how long are some families living in emergency accommodation? Because, uh, you know, the word emergency would suggest they shouldn't be there for very long. But that's not the reality. You're absolutely right. I mean, it it does suggest that, but unfortunately, that's not the case. The government's own data, the the Homelessness Quarterly Progress Report, it said that 44% of all homeless people in Dublin accessing emergency accommodation have been doing so for a year or more, with 18% accessing it for two or more years. And then for families, that number goes to 45% of a year or more, and then 15% being in the system for, for two or more years. My God. And and long term, Colette, we have no way of knowing what effect this is going to have on those toddlers growing up. Unfortunately, we don't, Patricia. But, you know, you can, I suppose when you look at it, you've got children who are having delayed speech. They have, they're undernourished or they have poor nutrition. They have um, poor mobility. They're missing their developmental milestones. For children of school going age, they could be miles away from the school that they're attending. They're missing days um, trying to get there. They're missing time in terms of commuting. Um, and this will have a knock-on effect all throughout the life cycle. Um, we're, we're only getting to grips with it now in Ireland, but certainly there have been studies in San Francisco, for example, around what's called adverse childhood experiences and the impact that that has if it's not dealt with as quickly as possible and certainly below the age of 14. So there are, you know, it it can change a child's DNA. It can fundamentally limit their life. It can limit their life expectancy. It can create a higher risk of certain diseases. And and they pass that on to their children because it has changed their their DNA. Um, So, you know, the likelihood is we're we're looking at that, but that's certainly something that, you know, there are organisations looking at now. Um, The likes of Bernardo's are becoming a a trauma-informed centre for all the world. But we don't have a lot of data because it's a relatively new phenomenon for us. It's through no fault of these children or or even their parents. They've just... Absolutely not. Ah, um, Proof, I'm assuming, therefore, Colette, that Rebuilding Ireland Initiative isn't working. It's not working on any level. None of the pillars have met even the very modest targets that it set for itself. Okay, and then yesterday the CSO had their poverty study was published and that makes a pretty grim reading as well, doesn't it? It does. So while, you know, the government were very quick to point out the reduction in the percentage of people, um, so we're now at 14% in terms of at risk of poverty, we still can't lose sight of the fact that there are 689,000 people living in poverty and over 200,000 of those, 202,000, are children. 
Um, and, you know, the, the fact that we're now a, a relatively wealthy country in, in global terms and we have very, very high employment rates, we still cannot get our working poor rate below 100,000 people. It's currently at 111,000. OK, we leave it there, uh, Colette. Listen, thank you for that and uh, thanks for thank joining you. us on the programme. Good morning to you. That is uh, Colette Bennett, who is a research and policy analysis with the Social Justice Ireland. Uh, as I say, the poverty study that came out yesterday from the CSO really does make uh, for, for grim, grim reading. But my goodness, to think of those children growing up in emergency accommodation and the effect, it's the long term effect. Is this something that future generations of politicians will be apologising uh, to children? and we're sorry that you had to be raised in emergency uh, accommodation because the, the effect of it will last well into their adult life. It, it really is uh, shocking. Can I just update you on, because this yesterday, Pat, one of our listeners, brought our attention to a letter he had received, as indeed had other members, of Skibbereen and Bandon uh, Credit Union. And he was a bit annoyed uh, because the credit union in Bandon and Skibbereen have decided to cease the death benefit insurance. So we contacted Skibbereen and Bandon credit union to ask them could they explain to us why and did they want to put forward anyone and they didn't want to put forward anyone but they did have issued us with the statement and they say as advised in recent communication to its members Skibbereen and Bandon Credit Union have been forced to withdraw its debt benefit insurance as and from the 1st of January 2020 this is a decision that we regret having to take but it's one that is wholly necessary for today's challenging climate due to the steep and rapid increase in the cost of insurance again cost of insurance. Uh, Over the past number of years, the death benefit insurance formed a substantial bulk of insurance costs, which now represents 25% of the total operating expenses of our credit union. This unfortunately has made it unsustainable to continue and leaves us with having to make the difficult decision to remove it from our offerings to ensure the future success of our credit union. The death benefit Insurance is just one of a number of insurance schemes which have in the past been provided to members free of charge with 100% of the premium costs being covered by the credit union. Other insurances include loan protection which sees any outstanding loans paid off upon a member's death and life assurance which is based on the value of members' savings at the time of the death is completely free to members and they, by the way, remain in place. The future success of our credit union, they say, depends on members of our community choosing to do business with us. We continue to strive to offer members the best service and to understand their needs and will continue to operate with our local community's best interests at the heart of what we do. And uh, that has been sent on behalf of uh, the Skibbereen uh, Skibbereen Abandoned Credit uh, Union. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now yesterday we spoke with Dean O'Donovan of O'Donovan's Hotel in Clonakilty about the closure this Christmas of their nightclub due to spiralling insurance costs. During our chat. We also touched on the town's community bike scheme which now it seems is also under threat due to insurance cover. Joining me to find find out more uh, West Cork Councillor Paul Hayes. Good morning to you Paul. Morning Patricia. Now uh, Paul Clonakilty has the only rural bike scheme in the country. Just remind us about how it all came about and, and how it's been operating. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose it was the, the brainchild of, of Dean Donovan's uh, brother, Tom, there, and very, very uh, energetic uh, people there and great to, to, to support the community initiatives there in Clannacilty. Um, so back in 2014, um, uh, a committee got together, uh, purchased uh, 60 of these bikes. Um, again, we were very fortunate that local businesses came on board to provide sponsorship and the likes of Clona Dairies. Uh, were, were the main sponsor to, to come in. Uh, we applied to the council for grants and we got a substantial grant as well from Sustainable Energy Ireland to allow us to buy these 60 bikes. So we kind of 12 drop-off points or collection points, mostly hotels, uh, going out as far as the Celtic Ross and Ross Carberry, uh, Dunmore, Inchidani, uh, the town centre hotels and the model railway village as well. Um, so yeah, we had 12 of those areas. How popular? Really popular, absolutely, uh, especially in the summertime, as you can imagine. Um, you can literally, you could pop into reception or Donovan's Hotel there in the main street. Uh, you, you hand over your 10 euros, which is very, very good value. You'll get uh, the bike, you get a helmet with a hairnet, you get a high-vis vest, a bottle <laughs> of water and a map. Oh, you hey, off you go. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, extremely popular with uh, tourists, but are local people, you would, local people using them as well? Yeah, absolutely. Again, we had people, um, you know, that, you know, would would hire them and, and take them out, um, you know, to, to work or wherever. Like, you know, yeah. at the time we had a kind of a, a yearly membership plan, which made it easier for for that. But we just found it afterwards to, to amend it, and people were were just able to to book it for whenever they needed to, as opposed to uh, being being members. But okay. yeah, it was really so, really popular. So we 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 know these bikes are working. How have you been handling insurance, and what and how has that been working out? Again, I suppose look when the scheme started back. Five years ago, uh, insurance was fairly okay. Again, look, it was a, just the cost to be factored into the to the whole thing. Again, look, the whole system is run voluntarily. Um, you know, the bikes are moved around. We'll say, like, if if, the, if there's ten or fifteen bikes end up at Inchidani Beach, uh, one of the staff there, probably at the Dunmanus Hotel, will take the jeep down with a horse box and collect them and, wow. and drop them back to to places where they're needed. But yeah, again, like it, it was quite it was quite okay. But obviously, it has increased. The insurance cost has increased over over recent years but uh, I suppose yeah back in 2016 we added in our, our Cycling Without Age Trishaw which is essentially a bike with a seat on the front of it uh, and you could fit two people on it and that's, that was a, a really successful addition um, for example there every Wednesday one of our volunteer cyclists would collect um, older people from the Planicilty Hospital or from Bushmount uh, nursing, nursing home, home yeah. their choice yeah and they'd take them for a spin around the place and again with the opening of the Greenway there last week that's been really, really popular. Um, so that was added into it there. Again, there was just a slight increase in our insurance, but nothing major. But then we sat down at the start of this year and said, well, what can we come up with to extend the scheme a bit further? And we came up with this kind of, um, I sent you on a video of it there, it's really good, uh, a kind of a six or seven seater bike uh, where people can all sit around uh, it's in a circle. They're all kind of face each other and you'll have one main person steering the bike and you could be fantastic like, it for the tours. It looks like terrific fun. Mm. And you've managed to secure one of those, two of those? Well, yeah, we, we, we inquired about buying two of them, actually. They're yeah. quite expensive. They're, they're about €10,000 each, but they're, they're really well made. They're made by Volkswagen cars, actually. <laughs> uh, but they're really ma- well made. But uh, as a, they're, they're a lifelong um, uh, job, really. Uh, so, we, yeah, we rang our insurance company with, with a view to... Uh, inquiring about adding to this and again grant aid was 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 agreed kind of in principle with leader funding and even falls earned were, were were very very keen to come on board to help out so we were quite happy that 
funding side of it, things were sorted and rang about uh, adding the, the bikes to our insurance and they said uh, that they weren't, they weren't interested in extending the policy to the new type of bikes and that from at the end of April next year they were actually going to cease uh, insurance cover for, for all of the bikes. Oh. So that came as a, as a huge shock as you can imagine. And as with a lot of, be it a company or an outdoor play centre, you don't have a lot of choice when it comes to, there. isn't that you can say, or shall I just go on to another insurance company? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's quite specific. But again, look, we've, we've spent the last number of months and Tommy O'Donovan there especially has been uh, trying to ring every company he knows uh, to see if anyone will step in and to provide cover. As I said, look, we have a number of months to go, look, but the way things are looking at the moment... Um, like we, we we obviously couldn't put a bike on the on the road without insurance. Absolutely, so, uh, but what about Cork City? They've got the bikes. Could you? They do. They, yeah, could they you come in under? The, could bike. you come in under theirs? Well, again, I, I raised this at a recent um, municipal district council meeting. I, again, I just threw that out there. Again, I suppose Coca Cola have sponsored the the, the city bike scheme. Um, I'll have to double check and see what the story is regarding. Are they paying the, the, in, the? Are they yeah. paying the insurance? I think it's a city council because there, there, it was a joint scheme between the city council and, and Coca-Cola yeah. to provide the service in Cork. So I'd imagine it's the likes of uh, Irish pub, public bodies insurance um, are paying the insurance on that. But that, what, one of the questions I did ask was, look, you know, just to keep the scheme going and to keep the bikes on the on the road, could Cork County Council maybe step in and and uh, maybe take over the scheme again? Look, obviously, I know the volunteers would be very very happy to continue to maintain the bikes as they have been doing over the last five years and and again the volunteer cyclists you know that wouldn't be a problem so look i have asked my colleagues in the council would they be willing to make inquiries so we're, we're you're waiting for them, to, for them yeah, to come back exactly. and the and the cork county council itself could they give cover insurance cover Again, yeah, we're open to all options. Um, again, I, I was listening to a presentation from our chief executive, Tim Lucy, recently, and he actually said that the council themselves bought one of these Trishaw bikes um, at County Hall. And um, again, in fairness to the staff at County Hall, they've taken this Trishaw up to Marymount Hospice and taken people out, right. you know, voluntarily, just take them out for an hour, just to get a bit of fresh air or whatever. Um, you know, so look... It is something that the council are doing already. So look, I'd love if we could just piggyback on it just to keep the scheme. Oh, be such scheme a shame! Alive, you know? Be such yeah. a shame to see it go. Keep in contact with us on it, uh, Paul. And thank you for that. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Thank Good you. morning to you. Bye bye. That is uh, West Cork Councillor Paul uh, Hayes, and it that would be a real, real loss to the area if uh, Clonakilty lost its community bikes, and if they lost it because of insurance, it would be utterly. Shameful. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls today. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We have news at 11 on the way. We're going to be discussing gambling in the next hour and we also are going to be hooking up with one of the families of the children taking part in the Late Late Toy Show in Dublin tonight. Somebody says, Patricia, could you give us the address please for Cork Penny Dinners? I can. They're on Han- Little Hanover Street. What's their number? Hang on. Four Little Hanover Street in uh, Cork. So four Little Hanover Street in Cork if you want to write to Cork. Cork Penny Dinners. Now, some of your thoughts and comments coming into the programme. We're talking about insurance in, in the last hour. Dan says, Patricia, I have 
sent a text on this to you last year also and I'm raising the same issue. Why are insurance companies allowed to control life in this country? For example, what would be wrong with any business putting a sign up saying if you enter our premises or if you use our facilities you are not covered by insurance. Each person must cover themselves for claims. It drives me mad, says Dan, that insurance companies control what we do and so say all of us, Dan, and here, here. And I'm I'm with you on this one. I would have no problem at all of using any kind of a facility and be willing to sign a disclaimer saying if I fall over and I twist my ankle or something happens to me or I scratch my knee or I cut myself, whatever it is, I will willingly cover the cost of it myself. I would have no problem at all uh, doing it for some strange reason. Businesses aren't allowed and we're not allowed to do that either and businesses can't open unless they have insurance in place and we are losing more businesses and we will continue to lose more businesses until the government get a handle and do something about the insurance industry and it needs to, it goes back to the judiciary who wants to take on the judges. It's to do with the high claims. There's so much involved in this but something has to be done because we won't of a country left that is for sure Okay some of your texts in to the programme Hi Patricia I tuned in listening to your programme and I heard your guest speaker this was Colette Bennett of Social Justice who we we spoke with at about half past ten this morning and I heard your guest describe developmental delay and poor diet and children not learning how to chew uh, properly because they're on pureed food I was shocked to realise that she was speaking about Ireland and Ireland of today in 2019. The description of what I was listening to matched the orphans that were found in the Romanian orphanages back in the 1990s and how right you are. And I I hadn't... When I read your text, I was thinking, you are spot on. If you didn't hear, which this caller, didn't this listener didn't hear my lead-in to Killette Bennett's interview explaining that she's talking about children today in Ireland. You would think that she was talking about somebody in different countries and unfortunately it's not. It's children today. On this very day, children who have been born into homelessness this year and they've been raised in hotel rooms, they've been raised in B&Bs, their mothers, fathers doing the best that they can. They have no cooking facilities. They're trying to give them as nutritional foods as they can but they can't do the way you wean babies off and that process that you go through and you do that in the comfort of your own kitchen if you don't have the comfort of your own kitchen to do that you've got to keep your ch- your child on the little little packages of pureed food and because of that the, ch- the children are not learning to chew and therefore their speech and everything is going to get delayed it's, it is it is truly shocking thank you for your text to 0862103103 Patricia on the printer this huge printer what a complete waste of taxpayers money how in the name of all that is good can we trust this government to use our money wisely after yet another cock up all of this must now all of us now must see it before how utterly how utterly irresponsible this government is with taxpayers' money. Businessmen would be the best to run this country, says Heidi. Can I just, before, can I stop you there though while you're blaming the government because Leo Varadkar yesterday very clearly washed his hands of anything to do with the printer. He was very, very clear. He was launching the 24-7 Your Mental Health phone line. Actually, we're going to do an interview. We won't get to it today. We're going to do it with Jim Daly, uh, Junior Minister Jim Daly because that was when Jim Daly took over with responsibility 
responsibility for mental health. He was talking about introducing this one-stop shop of a 24-7 helpline. He's, he's got it off the ground and it was launched yesterday, so we'll find out more about that on the programme on Monday. Anyway, the Taoiseach was involved for the launch of that and obviously everybody's talking about this printer and the journalists that were there asked him about the printer and he clearly stated the government was not responsible for the printer blunder. He even went so far as to suggest there was the opposition political parties that they are more in charge of addressing the issues and I quote, this is what Leo said yesterday, I want to be clear on this I think sometimes people often lump everything in the public service all together as if it's all controlled by the government. He said that's not the case this is a matter for the Oireachtas and the government doesn't control the Oireachtas the opposition, he says, have a majority in the Oireachtas and it is really going to be a matter for the Ciancorla and the Houses of the Oireachtas Commission to resolve this and not the government. This isn't our business, actually. So he completely washed his hands, wants absolutely nothing whatsoever uh, to do with the debacle that is this, uh, the printing press. Uh, 1850 333 also coming in to us um, some calls into the programme. Let me look at some of the calls that have come in to Bernie. Sam in Mallow says every Friday he tries to do a little bit of a tidy up around the roundabout area of Mallow just to volunteer. I don't know if he's part of the Tidy Towns group or not but his civic duty I was great admiration for people that go out and do that. Anyway, he said some dog owner is forever throwing the black doggy bags under the pedestrian flyover. Why or oh why says Sam. If you're cleaning up after your dog would you not bring the bag with the contents home with you? It's defying logic. And poor Sam is there doing his bit of clean-up and obviously he's coming across these doggy bags. So I'm assuming it's the same person obviously taking the dog out for a walk every night. You probably There's probably seven bags there every week when Sam goes back. And of course, Sam is doing his bit trying to clean up. Shame. So let's call it out in the hope that the doggy owner, male or female, we don't know who's doing it. If you're walking your dog and you throw, you've been known to throw your dog bags under the pedestrian flyover will you please stop and just bring the dog litter home with you or wait until you find a bin and put it into a bin instead Sean in North Cork back to the printer says ironic really we started off on the programme today talking about the expensive printer and then we went into how people are struggling for Christmas and it is guaranteed there will be nobody help responsible for all of this the government will take no responsibility we know that Leo's washed his hands of it the whole world must be laughing at us says Sean in North Cork Dave and Connor said wouldn't it be a good idea to invite some of the homeless children to take part in the Late Late Toy Show uh, tonight. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. We'll wait and see because I know I've been watching the, the Toy Show uncovered, you know, when they've been looking back at all of the Toy Shows all this week. And one of the lovely stories that came out from two years ago was the little girl who wanted the, wanted a dog. And when Ryan says, why can't, you, why can't you have a dog? And she said, I can't. We don't have room in the house. And then it turns out herself and her mammy and her brother and her daddy were living in with the granny and there was another aunt and somebody else you know they were all in one house together and they were and the follow up of that was that they since got a house so not quite the classic homelessness that I think Dave in Connor is talking about the people in the emergency accommodation but remember people that are living in with family members in very tight situations you can have three and four in a bedroom 
in a bedroom that was only designed for one or two at the very most. You can have four uh, people living in, in houses like that and people are really, they're not technically classed as homeless, but they are, but just because they've got the kindness of family members and family members able to put them up. But that can be tricky situations as well and not ideal living conditions uh, for children. Uh, so we'll wait and see. Will homeless children appear on the Late Late Show tonight? I imagine there will be some. Vincent in Newmarket says there is going to be a no confidence vote in the Minister for Housing but Fianna Fáil who will abstain from the vote as they do not want a general election before Christmas. Vincent thinks that's a disgrace when you hear your Colette Bennett of Social Justice Ireland this morning talk about 800 children born into homelessness. It is absolutely shocking says uh, Vincent. 1850 103 and Eileen in on a completely different topic. Her daughter travels to Cork every morning on the NAD road. She says it's full of potholes. She's ruined two tyres in two weeks. Oh. Uh, did you take photographs of it? Because we know, but you've got to get all the photographs. You have to have all of the the before as soon as it happens get out take the photograph so that it's dated the time that the pothole was there and you will get your money back and we know Bernie actually who's answering our calls today she had a an episode with it the earlier on this year where she burst a tyre and she went through all of the procedure but she did manage to get her money back but it is dreadful dreadful but to have, lose two new tyres in two weeks is just shocking and I'm assuming other people travelling on that road uh, on the NAD road are finding the same really bad with uh, potholes and it could I'm assuming a lot of the potholes are after getting worse because we have had a spell of very very heavy rain and scam calls Julie's been on Charleville uh, six scam calls today on her mobile alone all from different numbers it rings twice and of course it's the scam whereby they don't want you to answer they're hoping you will call back one day she called a number back and she got charged 41 cent when she checked her bill it was from the Congo but you obviously hung up fairly quickly that you only got charged 41 cent because the idea is they leave you on the line for as long as possible and for every minute that you're on, uh, your credit is been clocked up. And if it's either you'll either get billed for it or if you're on a pay as you go, your credit will disappear very, very quickly indeed. So keep a look out. A lot of those calls doing the rounds at the moment. If you are around Mayfield next Sunday, Mayfield Garda Station are having an open day. There will be several specialist Garda units attending along with Cork. City Fire Service, HSE Ambulance Service, the Defence Forces will be there, the Coast Guard will be there and the Civil Defence. The event is in aid of the children's charity, the Little Blue Heroes and all members of the public are welcome along. And it isn't often that you hear Garda stations having open days. If you want to go along and see what goes on in a Garda station, you have the opportunity. Mayfield Garda Station next Sunday between 12pm and 3pm. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College now enrolling for Christmas Junior and leaving certificate revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie North Cork Agri Fabricating Business are looking to recruit a temporary welder stroke fabricator while a lab a labourer is required for a job on the in the south side of Cork City. You must have experience with groundwork and uh, helping tradespeople. Experienced bar staff wanted that's for Springford Hall in Mallow, while a person wanted for drafting and CAD drawing for an engineering company in the North Cork area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. 
Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Give them a gift they'll never forget, because they'll still have it years later. American Giant makes clothes that just keep getting better with age. Like their iconic full-zip hoodie that's designed to last for decades, because a gift they'll wear for years is a gift that keeps on giving. So be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code GRATEFULAG23. Now, a gambling charity has called on the government to force gambling companies to check a user's age before allowing them to gamble. Joining me to explain more, I'm joined from the organisation Problem Gambling Ireland by its CEO, Barry Grant. Good morning to you, Barry. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you're, you're welcome to the programme. Now, if a young person wants to gamble online at the moment, what procedure is in place to check their age? Um, basically, if you're setting up an online account right now, uh, you would just tick a box to say that you're 18, put in credit credit or debit card details, uh, a name and an email address, and away you go, and you can start gambling straight away. Um, now, if within a 72-hour period or after 72 hours, normally they put a block on the account if you haven't sent in ID by that stage, but you can get into a hell of a lot of trouble in 72 hours. Uh, and also, you could be gambling using somebody else's credit or debit card details. Uh, is it illegal for under-18s to gamble online? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it is, yeah. it is, OK. Um, and uh, and yet, if if you beat the odds, I believe, you have to, prov- they, they, they won't pay out unless you pr- prove what age you are. Yeah, well, you have to be able to prove that you are the person that you say you are, and you'd also have to be able to prove that you're over eighteen to get paid out. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit. It's a bit so. ironic. Have you heard of young people running up debt on, say, a family member's credit card? Because I'm assuming a lot of under 18s don't have credit and debit cards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose a huge amount of under 18s wouldn't have their own credit and debit cards, but we've had many very upset parents contacting us because they're underage teenager has accessed one of the family credit or debit cards and racked up huge debts. And unfortunately, I think the banks could probably kind of help out a little bit here by flagging unusual activities. So, I mean, if, if uh, let's say there's a parent there and they've never gambled online before and then suddenly there's loads of huge gambling transactions happening on their credit or debit card, 
it would be great if the banks would contact you in that situation because I know if I buy something online, uh, it could be 20 or 30 euros, I'll get a text from my bank saying, did you purchase this item? Mm. Which is great yeah. to confirm that there's no, no unusual activity going on. But unfortunately, we've seen cases where parents, you know, they could be with an adult child, maybe they could be in their 70s or 80s, who've never gambled in their lives, and suddenly there's thousands going out of their bank account on online gambling transactions. That should really be flagged as unusual activity. And so easy to do it, Barry, and you can lose money so quickly without ever leaving your house. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) people... Could be doing it in work at the moment, sitting at their desk, going to the bathroom on the on the phone. People are gambling away the week's wages in on the sofa beside their partners, pretending to play Angry Birds in bed. You name it. I mean, it's never been easier to gamble twenty four hours a day on whatever you want. So, I mean, that is a huge factor, and that's a that's a big issue with the people that we're working with. How big a problem is gambling in this country? Um, the government estimates that it's somewhere between thirty and 40,000 people who would have a gambling problem themselves. We feel that the estimate is low. Um, I mean, if we went by the rates in Northern Ireland, the numbers here will be closer to 100,000. And then for every person with a gambling problem, usually it's close to about 10 other people who are impacted. So about half of the people who contact us are family members who are distraught, um, because of their partner's gambling or their adult child's gambling or a teenage child's gambling in some cases. And it's such a hidden problem, isn't it? Because, you know, a gambler can be getting away with it for quite some time, whereas an alcoholic, you'll smell the drink off them, they'll have the effects of it. Same with a drug addict. A gambler can look very normal. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that is a huge part of the picture. You know, sometimes people are taking out loans uh, that their nearest and dearest don't know about or they're taking out credit cards that people don't know about. Um, so they're not seeing that kind of activity on maybe on the main bank account or if they have a joint account with their partner. And yeah, like that, you know, it's totally different to drugs and alcohol where you would see it in the person. Now, quite often family members would say that they'd, they'd see a change in their loved one's behaviour, you know, depending on if they're winning or losing or if they've, relapse back into gambling. So, I mean, there are warning signs there, but it is usually far more difficult to spot. And do many gamblers start their gambling during their teenage years? The ones you would come, you know, the people who come forward for help and start talking about their problems? The vast, vast majority of people that we work with would start as teenagers. And if you look at you know, the stories of people like Ushu McConville, Davy Glenn and Niall McNeil and others that have come out and spoken about their gambling, they all started as school kids. Um, and that was before online gambling, so they would have been in bookie shops or even betting at the racetrack uh, underage. So the vast majority of people that we work with started out as teenagers underage. So you'd worry about the future then, Barry, because it's now so much more easier for those teenagers to start gambling. It is, yeah, I suppose the the upside, say, with online gambling is that most teenagers wouldn't have access to their own credit or debit cards. Yeah. That makes it a bit more difficult, but I suppose a lot of even younger people that we're working with now who've kind of grown up through online gambling, quite often they would have started out in the bookie shop and then graduated on to 
online gambling maybe when they went to college and they were getting their Susie grant or getting some sort of source of their own kind of independent income and quite often that's where it really starts getting problematic in the, the early 20s. And of course gambling um, is getting some attention this week because the government have, have approved new plans to limit the stakes and the payouts on slot machines. Talk to me about that and is that a step in the right direction? Well, it's better than their previous proposal. Their previous proposal was €10 Euros per spin. Now, if you think about your average slot machine, will do one spin every six seconds. Like, you can rack up a, a, a substantial loss in a very, very short space of time at €10 Euros a spin. So they cut it back to €5 Euros a spin, which is better, <laughs> but <laughs> we would still have some issues with that because of the high intensity and the frequency of gambling machines. Like, even at a 5 or a spin, you know, 600 spins an hour, like that's, you're talking about a lot of money. And then there's another factor where most people listening would think of a slot machine as the old-fashioned one-arm bandit. Yeah, uh, on holidays you know, you could, at the seaside. Yeah, you pull yeah. the lever and you match three in a line and you yeah. get paid out if you match three. But the modern ones, and these have been around for about 10 or 15 years, would be a digital display. You have loads and loads of different lines and you can you can just do the standard kind of one-line on the that you would do on the old-fashioned machines, but you can also, and a lot of people do this, you can bet on multiple lines at the same time. So you see, you know, diagonal lines and all sorts of different lines that will pay out. Some of these machines would have up to fifty lines that you can bet on per spin, right? Whoa. So if you're doing fifty lines per spin at the max, maximum stake, you could be talking about two hundred and fifty euros every six seconds. It's on machines that that's incredible. You know, a lot of people would find highly addictive. So uh, the devil is in the detail. There, we need to see what the government's plan is around that. Those uh, and where, where are machines. those? They're in casinos, is it, Barry? Those machines? They'd be in casinos, but even what people would think of as amusement arcades. You know, I live in Tremor here in Waterford. There'd be quite a few of them, and. You know, usually there's a separate part of the arcade that'd be over 18s only. They'd have the gambling machines in there. And most of the ones around the country, uh, including in Cork, um, would have those modern machines with the, the 50 multi-lines on them. Um, yeah, although I noticed in Mitchellstown, yeah, I was, they actually succeeded in... in yeah, I was just, I was just going up. to ask you, we've had, a, we've had a big campaign against uh, the opening of casinos. Would you, I, I'm assuming you'd be on the side of the townspeople there, in the right move? Yeah, well, you know, the, we, uh, we're not anti-gambling. I just want to get that out there straight okay. off the bat. We're, we're not anti-gambling. But, uh, you know, the machines are notoriously dangerous, right? And we also have a situation where nobody regulates them, right? So in an unregulated space, having highly addictive machines where at the moment you can go in, you know, the government are talking about five euros per spin. You could go into pretty much any of the arcades or casinos and bet more than that already because there's no enforcement of Mm. the laws that currently exist, right? So putting those sort of things on the main street with no regulation and no enforcement, that is highly dangerous. So I'd be absolutely sympathetic with the people in Mitchellstown. And then the other factor there is that they were 100% right in that Mitchellstown, or the council that covers Mitchellstown, had actually banned the machines however many years ago, mm-hmm. and all the different councils around the country had the option to do that. Um, so there's a lot of really kind of 
convoluted stuff in the gambling legislation as it stands at the moment. But the machines, gambling machines in general, are, are considered to be addictive by design. Uh, a certain amount of people will play them just for entertainment, kind of small amounts. But you could go into any of these places any time of the day, and there are people who are sitting there hours and hours and hours. Many of them are playing two machines at the same time who are in serious, serious difficulty and the industry make a huge amount of money from those vulnerable people. And it's the machine always wins ultimately. Isn't that the case? Well, the, the, again, we've no regulation on this. Like in other parts of the world, let's say Australia, there's a set percentage what they call return to player. So oh. let's say let's say that's whatever the percentage is, 20% or yeah. whatever, whatever it is. So if you put in 100 euro over a period of time, you should get whatever percentage back. And Maybe the machines say, are calibrated yeah. in that way. The machines are calibrated. Yeah. The regulator and the taxman will be involved and everybody checking this. We've nobody checking that stuff. <laughs> right. So technically, there should be a return to player percentage. But, but we, we don't even have a set. We don't even we know don't, how much that is. We don't know how much that is. There's nobody there to regulate it, even if there was. And then there's the other factor where if you have a gambling problem, it doesn't matter how much the machines give you back, you're just going to put it back into the machine. I know, I know. I know, it's, it's, it's a dreadful, dreadful addiction, it really is. And are there enough, is there enough help available, Barry, when people do come forward looking for help? Unfortunately not. I mean, we have a free counselling service that we just started up in July of this year in Dublin and Waterford. Um, we're flat out at the moment with that, but we get calls from people every day in every part of the country, including Cork, uh, looking for you know specialist help around gambling addiction. It's very thin on the ground. Now, we've been kind of hammering on to David Stanton, who's a, a local TD yeah. in Cork. He's the Minister of Responsibility for Gambling Regulation, trying to get him to, to enact the Gambling Control Bill, which would... Within that legislation is a thing called a social fund. There would be a lobby, lobby on gambling industry turnover and would create a fund that would allow for funding of services all across the country. So in Cork, Donegal, Tullamore, everywhere else, you name it, you could have a dedicated fund where you know NGOs like ourselves or you know local ones in Cork, different organisations around the country could apply to that fund and have specific problem gambling specialist services on the ground pretty much everywhere in the country. Now, there's a massive hold-up with that, which means that the government, to the best of my knowledge, has no funding available for gambling addiction services anywhere in the country. Uh, and Obviously, we want to see some changes around that as soon as possible because we know from our day-to-day dealings on the helpline of people ringing up looking for help everywhere in Ireland that this is a huge issue and there just aren't enough resources. And the misery, the absolute misery that uh, is inflicted on families, it's, it's just shocking. OK, listen, Barry, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you. Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Barry Grant and Barry is the CEO of Problem Gambling Ireland. 1850 Bernie is taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 
103103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 For most families, the countdown to Christmas will begin tonight with the Late Late Toy Show on our screens following the 9 o'clock news. There is huge competition to win one of the coveted slots on the programme. Such is the talent of Irish children. One of those talented performers uh, tonight is Clonakilty's Paddy White, who is a sixth class pupil at Skullnabukali and his dad Noel White uh, joins me on the line from Dublin where I believe rehearsals are well underway. Uh, good morning to you Noel. Good morning Patricia. Um, well are, are, are you are you actually at the studios? Are you allowed in to no, see what's going we're, on? Uh, we're back in our hotel at the moment. Okay um, but you're up since yesterday? Over since, yeah we were up since Wednesday night so mm. rehearsals were yesterday so we're actually free today until short time tonight. So. Oh okay so um, everyone's nice and relaxed. Yeah. So were you were you um and Joan were you allowed in to the to watch everything? Uh one of us got in yesterday, yeah. So it's it, the security there is unreal. <laughs> we were lucky to get one in even, yeah. But the rest of us were all in the green room. So we had a lovely day yesterday. It was just a magical day in our heat. Was, we everybody got such a great welcome and it was lovely to meet Ryan and a lot of other celebrities around the place and everybody was just in a great mood in their Christmas jumpers. It was like Christmas Eve multiplied by 100. Ah, isn't that terrific? And they say they look after everybody really well. Oh, it was super. It was, the, the, the party atmosphere there was lovely and there was boxes of heroes and drinks and everything going in. <laughs> not just, 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 like being at, at home, really. But, uh, you know, it was lovely and family from all over the country. You know, we're meeting the lovely people from different parts of the country and everyone is just over the moon to be there, really. And how many are you uh, are you allowed to bring with you, if you know what I mean? Tonight, well, there's only one parent allowed to go tonight. Okay. So, basically, we're, all the families are staying here in the one hotel. So, as, even as I was walking through the corridor a while ago, I can hear accordions playing, children singing, you know, <laughs> violins. Uh, so, it's lovely. There's a great atmosphere here. And then there'll be a big party here for all the families while the show is on. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just lovely atmosphere. So who's going? Is it you or are, are your wife Joan is going? Uh, Joan is going. Joan is going. And yeah. then does Joan get a ticket to the show or she's... No. no. no you're, you're, you're in the green room area behind. Yeah. They, Everybody thinks that. They say, oh God, you get all the free gifts. And you all don't. That. That's totally separate. That's, that's open to the public. So Yeah. Yeah. But there's only 200 feet there. So, you know, if, if you had parents from all the kids involved, you'd fill the studio twice. You know, because there's big dance troops. You know, there's, there's, I think there's about 50 acts chosen from all over the country. Like some of them are individuals, some of them are big groups. But basically, everybody's put in together and into a huge production. It's like, it, it's all big productions, all the acts. Are. It's, a, so, it's an incredible undertaking, isn't it? Yeah, I had no idea. We've been in Dublin now for the last two Sundays. So um, we, we didn't have an idea, actually, of what was involved. We had spent two Sundays in Dublin rehearsing. Um, you know, so like just to, to see from behind the scenes actually what goes on and how yeah. all these children are brought together. And actually, like a lot of them, Paddy probably is playing in a rock group, which he never did in his life before. He usually sings on his own and plays an acoustic guitar. Uh, in school, maybe he would have got involved in, in a couple of groups, but his thing is usually he's out there on his own. But he's loving the challenge of playing in a rock group and it's something totally different for him and he's really really enjoying it it'll make you really appreciate it as well when you sit down to watch it won't it because you want to now do we know at what stage Paddy's going to be on is it the beginning the middle or the end of the show or um 
I'm not going to say. I'm okay. Just, you know, yeah. <laughs> Everyone has to stay. Has yeah. to stay watching. Okay. I, I suppose we can reveal because RT have revealed this morning that the frozen the is frozen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. We were in the Calco for the last two weekends at the rehearsals. Yeah. And no way would they tell us what the team was, but from what we've seen, any of the music or anything really doesn't relate to frozen. So it's not going to be, if you know what I mean. Okay, so for all yeah, for all the little yeah. girls out there expecting all the frozen songs, yeah, well, that's not maybe, that's yeah, not what it's about. Maybe there'll probably be something, you know. But the show it's a whole mishmash of everything, really. And uh, Ryan Tuberty, Ryan Tuberty has also revealed that he he's dressed as Olaf the Snowman. That's <laughs> for the opening scene, I'm assuming. So that's yeah, yeah, at the opening. Yeah, I'll be thinking that that would be the way out. Right, yeah. So there'll be a bit of everything in it, really. So, Paddy, is it true this is his third time trying to get through to the Late Late Toy Show? Yeah, yeah, he got he, the, first, the first year. He sent in his application and never heard anymore. Last year, he got through to the auditions in Limerick and uh, unfortunately got a regret. Oh. So he said he said this year, he said, I'll have one more go at it, he said. And um, I couldn't believe he was absolutely delighted when he got the call to say He'd got through, and we actually knew it the day before, but we were away, so we couldn't tell him because they asked us to video his reaction ah. when we told him. So when we came home, we did that, and they actually showed that the other night. Yeah, on the, the uncovered program. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw yeah. it. I, I, I saw it. It was it was ter- it was terrific. And um, and what was that audition process like? Was he 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 would have done the audition in Cork, was it? Uh, yeah. Well, first day he had to send in a, um, a video of himself, and he actually sang "Rocket Man" by Elton John in his. Uh, in, in that so from that then he was called to Cork and uh, we had a great day that day Ryan was there as well and Granny came along and she got a big hug from Ryan so she she's was over the moon um, and she went in, in and there was actually a lot of filming for the, the Unwrapped show going on as well so he was doing a lot of that as well um, and then he went in again we weren't allowed into the auditions with him so he sang his, he sang Rocket Man again and then they asked him to sing a second song, so he did some the Queen number. So uh, he came out. He was, I suppose, he was delighted that when he was asked to sing a second song. He it's felt a good that was sign. a good, yeah, a good sign, yeah. And then I suppose it probably was over a week or more later before we actually found out whether he was true or not. So it was like a week of. Is that a Dublin number? Is that a Dublin number? Every time the phone rang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the disappointment when it isn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Bless. So. And then, but then he gets to Dublin, and then they decide they're putting him together with other children yeah. to form yeah. this rock band. Huge production. Yeah. In, in the production that he's in, there's dancers, there's all different things. There could be maybe forty of man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then the cameras will keep moving around. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a big mishmash. Maybe. And then full costume and makeup and all of that. They do yeah. all of that. Wow. Well. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, will, it will be lovely. Yeah. And when, how long is he playing guitar? Um, I suppose he started playing guitar when he was eight. And then at age 10, he started thinking to us, can I go busking in town? And we were thinking, well, maybe you're a little bit young for that. <laughs> so anyway, he went, I suppose, his first public performance really was at my brother's wedding. And I suppose that gave him a bit of confidence. And he started busking in Spillard Lane in Clannagilty, which was a nice, quiet area where there wouldn't be traffic or anything. But um, all the shopkeepers, and they were always very supportive of him and loved him coming there. And then he's after moving on to the main street in Clannagilty now, and he bought his own amp and mic. And the Go whole on, Paddy. Yeah. So he's, yeah. do, he's doing well with the busking. He loves it, yeah. I, sure, I said that to him. I said, oh, Paddy's fair play. You did well today. And he said, Dad, it's not about the money. <laughs> <laughs> he he said, learned. I was just hoping that there might be a record producer walk along the street. He's, listen, it's happened before.
yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's looked at uh, different people who've kind of started that way. So, yeah, he loves his music. His music's huge to him. So, so is 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 Paddy? Is is he? Is he? Is he with you now, or is he back in RT? I'd put him on to bed. Oh. I just would love, I'd love to thank. You know, we've got the support we've been receiving from back home in Clannacilty and the surrounding area has been unreal. Our phones haven't stopped messages uh, from his soccer club, from the GA club. Uh, you know, his school have been brilliant. Mr. Harrington, the principal, and his teacher, Neil McCauley, and he's goes to Scunderbookley, which is a brilliant school. Yeah, it's a great school. It's, everyone is included in, 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 in everything, and he's lucky to have a great guitar teacher, Damien uh, MacDonald, as well. So, um, you know, I'd just like to thank all them and our families and everybody who sent us good wishes, you know. Yeah, well, we're getting a lot of calls. We're getting a lot of calls in in as well. Just wanted to to wish Paddy all the best. It's yeah, terrific. It's just, thanks a million and enjoy yours as well, Noel. Uh, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> thank you. I, I didn't realise that Paddy, because we thought he was going to be caught up in rehearsals. Um, no, he's, he's there. I'll put him on to there. Thanks a million, Noel. Thanks for yeah, that. Bye bye. Okay, here's uh, young Paddy White, all at 12. Uh, we'll be flying the flag for Clannacilty at the Late Late Toy Show. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Are you Are you nervous or how do, how do you feel in advance of a television performance? Um, I think it's just nerves and excitement, really. Yeah, Very it's excited. A, a combination of both. Mm-hmm, yeah. But your but your dad was telling us you're, you 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 busk you're well used to performing in public. Yeah, I, I love to busk. Um, I played at my uncle's wedding, and uh, I play I play at uh, school fundraisers and stuff. I I, I just love playing music. And and school that's a good musical school, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fantastic musical school. Um, my uh, principal, Mr. Harrington, is a fantastic guitarist. He writes songs. He's very good at. Yeah. He's very musical. Yeah, he's 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 great. And you're not allowed to tell us what song you're performing. That's all a big, well kept secret. I can't. No, it's I know. Confidential. Okay. <laughs> and I know you're in a rock. You're in a rock band for us, so we're looking out for. And you're the guitarist, so that's what we're yes. looking out for. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And you've been you're you've been enjoying. You're, you're not. You've been enjoying being on camera. That's none of that is phasing you in any way. Um, no, not really. I, I've been recorded before. I've like uh, at the unwrapped was a great experience as well because I kind of got used to the cameras. That's good. That's good. And then your long term goal, Paddy, you'll be heading on to secondary school next year. Yes. What? Wh- where do you hope to go? Um, like the school. Yeah. Uh, I I hope to attend um the Clonakilty Community College. Okay. And then when you're finished school, is it music? Is what you want to do? Um, yeah, my my dream is to play music when I'm older. In as a solo artist or maybe in a band. Um, I don't mind as long as I'm playing music. Good. I just love music so much. Well, we are going to keep a lookout for Paddy White. We're going to make a note of your name because we think you're going to be very famous one day. So we wish you the very best of luck tonight. Thank you. And enjoy it because that's what it's about as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Paddy. God bless. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is young Paddy White from Clonakilty, uh, one of the children. Now we know there are more, more children. I don't know how many. I couldn't get an actual official list of how many in total there are from Cork. 
but don't you know because they held auditions here in Cork for the Late Late Choi show so I'm sure there will be a lot of very talented children from the Cork area but we just wanted to acknowledge that it's on tonight Late Late Choi show after the news at uh, nine o'clock and it kind of brings a lot of us back to our childhood it's one of those things we all kind of grew up with and as I mentioned earlier they are going to pay some sort of a tribute to Gay Byrne because of course the Late Late Toy Show wouldn't be uh, except for Gay Byrne so that's young Paddy White playing guitar as part of a rock band that's as much as information as I can give you on tonight's Late Late Toy Show Bernie's taking your calls 1850 333 103 you can WhatsApp or text 0862 103 103 we have news at 12 midday on the way in the next hour we will be talking movies we'll catch up on some of your thoughts and comments coming into the programme oh we're also going to get to hear the Christmas Uncovered winner from yesterday hopefully you're counting those Christmas bells we are giving away every weekday this week and we're doing it next week as well 500 euro every day it's a fabulous fabulous prize to help you cover the cost of your Christmas and it's uh, all thanks to Dennis and uh, Mary Ryan you can check them out at ryans.ie we also have Panto tickets to give away we have our last family pass it's a pass for four people to see Jack and the Beanstalk we'll do all that in the next hour as well let's take a break though and head to the newsroom for news at 12 midday earlier in the year uh, we mentioned that Sheehan's Greengrocers in Carmichael Lane in the uh, Carmichael Lane the car park had uh, was closing and there was a lot of people bemoaning the fact that here was a little family run business that had been there for many 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 years and here we were losing another one of uh, these little businesses and someone at the time I remember said where are we going to get our Christmas trees from because Sheehan's Greengrocers always start Quilta Christmas trees every year. Well, I can tell you, Sheehan's Greengrocers are open just for the festive season, but just for Christmas trees. And uh, somebody has contacted us to say that Carmichael Lane is alive again with trees and they have gorgeous top quality Christmas trees in all shapes and sizes and they are always uh, Quilta Christmas trees so if you were if that was part of your family tradition to go to Sheehan's in Carmichael Lane in Mallow for your Christmas tree just to let you know just because the business is gone they're just open just for Christmas just doing the uh, Christmas trees and tonight for a lot of families it's a kind of a tradition that the Christmas tree would go up for the Late Late uh, Toy Show the Late Late Toy Show now is slightly earlier that it used to be it was never on until December but then they discovered a lot of parents were having problems because children decided to uh, contact uh, Santa Claus after the toy show when they saw a new toy so that's the reason it got pushed back a bit but it is a tradition there are a lot of people who will have their Christmas tree up uh, for uh, tonight so glad to give that a mention and uh, we wish Sheehan's good luck with their sale of Christmas trees between now and Christmas how do you know the boom is back actually I spotted this on one of the papers during the week and I know somebody sent in a text saying Patricia we've completely lost the run of ourselves with this and we certainly know that the boom is back it's to do with expensive items that go on sale for Christmas now and every year there will be you know really really expensive items you know like um, very expensive handbags or um, cashmere scarves that'll go on sale or people might buy spend a lot of money on diamonds which you know could be seen I suppose as an investment more than anything if it's diamonds but I've never come across these before uh, so whether this is the first time they've been on sale uh, or not but they are lids that you would put on to your jars I'm assuming on the table on Christmas Day. One of them for example they say is the Nutella jar. 
Now, why are you having a Nutella jar on your Christmas table? I don't know. But anyway, you can buy a silver lid that fits perfectly onto the Nutella jar. But it's silver. So it's going to cost you €350. But that isn't all. They're selling things. These are on sale, by the way. These silver lids are on sale at Weir and Sons, which is a jeweller's on Grafton Street in Dublin. You can get, you know, your little mustard jar. You can get a little silver lid for your mustard jar. That's at a snip, €130. And then should but if you're putting it on your mustard jar, you're going to want one of the silver lids to put on your tomato ketchup and on your brown sauce. Well, they have little caps for the brown sauce bottle and for the ketchup and they're just €125. One of the most bizarre things I have come across, but they are on sale for Christmas. How do you know the boom is back? Let's see how many of those they sell between now and Christmas. Some of your thoughts coming in. Walter in Mallow in Formoy. Apologies, Walter's been on. We've been trying to bring him back, but we're having difficulty getting through to him. Uh, he's been on because his mother, who he describes as very elderly, sent off her hearing aid to be repaired more than four weeks ago. And she's heard nothing since. And uh, he feels that it's just not good enough that she should be required to wait over four weeks for the repair of a hearing aid. Now, he does give us the name of the company, but I'm slow to use it until we could get through to Walter because I'm wondering, does he want us to contact the company? Has he contacted the company? And then I'm fearful when he says she sent it off. You'd be afraid it got lost in the post as well. Maybe the company hasn't even received it yet. So we'll see if we can get through to Walter. If Walter's listening, give us a little bit more detail on that one, Walter. But in the meantime, if to anybody else who's had a hearing aid repaired of late that you sent away to a company to be repaired, is that an excessive period of time to wait over four weeks for it to be repaired? And obviously if it's an elderly lady and she's relying on the hearing aids and she's, you know, her life is... is uh, probably grinding to a halt because she doesn't have her hearing aids and it's you know dreadful to be without something it's like people who use reading glasses to be without your re- reading glasses for any period of time can be really really off-putting so anyone who deals in the world of hearing aids can you let us know is four weeks a little over four weeks is that an excessive period of time for one to be waiting for a hearing aid to be repaired and sent back to you now we were on about the trousers in the photograph on the new printer in the houses of the Oireachtas. And if you have to look very carefully, it's at the back of the photograph. And to me, it looked like the kind of trousers like the, that you'd wear to going to a gym, like cycling shorts, but the longer version of cycling shorts, you know, that kind of like like wrap material, kind of trousers like that. And it's thrown over what looks like the back of the printing press. So I was thinking, are they, are they now using it as a clothes horse? Well, Sandy, uh, Sandy's in the know. Sandy says, read, read the pants in the pic. It was attributed to a staff member who cycles to work and he uses a rail to dry his cycling trousers. And the rail is normally in the printer store, store room. According to the person interviewed in the print industry, that printer, when used properly, will save the state a million in its lifetime. But, says Sandy, it requires trained, experienced operators to use it. A minimum of five years' experience is recommended, said the expert. So that effectively rules out anyone of the present staff, even if they're getting they get training, they won't have the five years experience. So none of the current staff will be able to use that printer. It's going to mean employing somebody new. 
Sandy is also of the belief that there is at least one company in Munster that uses one. Yeah, I wonder how many people around the country have the experience of using that particular uh, printer and would have five years experience of using that particular printer. I went on to the company that supplies them. I mean, they are huge, huge, big uh, printers. Another thing I noticed when I was watching the Public Accounts Committee yesterday and they were looking at the report into it, it looked like there was only, it was the only tender. I don't think that they, so it was obviously the only tender that came in. From what I can gather, I'll, I'll try and find out more because there, there do, obviously there's going to be more reports. It's not, it's not done and dusted now, but it did look like that it was the only tender. So maybe it's the, the specifications of that particular printer. Maybe it was difficult for them, for any other company to uh, supply it. But thank you for that. But that's the reason for the trousers in the picture. It's a member of staff, a fit and healthy member of staff who cycles to work uh, every day. Mara said, would the council please come out to Bonard and take away the road flooded signs and maybe they would open up the drains so the road won't float, uh, won't flood again, says Mars. That's annoying actually when there's a, a, a sign up saying road flooded and the road isn't flooded. And it's okay for local people who'll know or that's from the flood waters from last week. But it can be very off-putting for somebody who's you know new to the area, visited the area, might put them in a completely wrong direction thinking, oh, I can't go down that road because it is flooded. Kathleen says, hi Patricia, would you please give a mention to the Castle Magner players? They will continue their play Mother Knows Best that's by Jimmy Carey. It's in the community centre this coming weekend tonight Friday tomorrow Saturday and the final showing on Sunday. It's described as a comedy not to be missed and it starts every night at 8 admission is 10 uh, euro and that comes in from Kathleen. Good luck to everybody involved there. Okay. Our final family pass to go see Jack and the Beanstalk. Our tickets are for Wednesday the 18th of December. We've got a six o'clock start because we kick it off with a VIP reception with face painters and musicians and selection boxes and then you head into the theatre to see the panto. It is Cork's traditional panto. It's full of glamour and gags. Then we've got a question for you and caller 10 to answer this. Hello boys and girls, I'm Jack and this is my mam, Marjorie Daw. Who shall climb to the top of the beanstalk this Christmas? Go on, have a guess. He has some magic beans and his friends are... A cow, a goose and a girl called Jill. (laughs) He has some magic beans... Uh, a cow and a goose and a friend called Jill. Who are our Panto characters talking about today? Bernie's taking your calls, 1850-333-103. And caller 10 picks up that. It's the last of our uh, passes. We've been giving away one every day this week. And thanks to our good friends at the Everyman for coming up with those prizes. But get dialing on that if you want to win today's pass. And you can check out all about the Panto at everymancork.com. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. To celebrate their Golden Jubilee, Fomoy Toastmasters are holding a variety concert at St. Aid of Marymount Hospice. It's on tonight in the Fomoy Youth Centre. Eight o'clock starts. Tickets are €20 and they're on sale from Toastmaster members. The South Munster Citizens Information Service, they're available at Coachford Post Office today. They're there until two o'clock. 
and the three tenors are bringing the feel-good factors to St. Patrick's Church in Dunmanway tonight with a concert starting at 8. Tickets are €25 Euro available from the Parish Hall. Ballonhassie Community Development, they've got a fundraising Kaylee tonight in the Marion Hall with dancing to Ken Kelleher. And a bucket collection for autism assist dogs will be held in Donnerwell today. It's from now until two o'clock. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 And when I was talking about the Nutella, the silver lid for your Nutella jar for the woman that has everything this Christmas, a snip at 350 uh, euro. Uh, Jackie has just sent a voice message saying she was in Duns this morning and there's a lambswool jumper on sale for 120 euro in Duns. The good times are back, that is for sure. You can stop. Thanks for that, Jackie. You can stop calling us, by the way. We have our winner for the pantomime. What was the answer? And the answer is... Jack and the Beanstalk. Ah, they were trying to fool us uh, today. But our winner is Angela O'Donovan of the South Ring in Clonakilty. Congratulations to you, Angela. You will be heading off to see Jack and the Beanstalk along with your family. Family of four on Wednesday, the 18th of December. Enjoy, folks. And if anybody wants to f- check out more, you can get all of the information at everymancork.com. Uh, calm. Now let's do this. C103's Christmas Covered. We're giving away shopping vouchers worth a total of €5,000. With Dennis and Mary Ryan Bishopstown, where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived. See Ryan's.ie. Now the bells were ringing yesterday. We rang them at 9, at 2 and at 5. We asked you to count up all of the Christmas bells and then text or WhatsApp us and you did it in huge numbers and then Anne O'Regan from Dunmanwe she was the lucky person who got the call back from Martina here's how she got on Happy Woo (laughs) (laughs) Oh that's fantastic are you delighted Anne? Well, you have got your daughter and your husband to thank for this, so because I won't tell them that <laughs> they'd want too much of the five hundred euro oh, if you told them that. Well, well done uh, to Anna Regan from Dumama. She becomes our latest winner and she picked up a €500 euro all for one voucher so that Anne can now enjoy a free festive shopping spree on us here at C103 as we've got your Christmas covered. The bells were ringing again at nine this morning. Nick will ring at them at two and then we'll have the final bell ringing at five. You'll have to do it all over again today. Count them all up and then text our WhatsApp your answer and your name and address please to 0862 to 103 103 and keep your fingers crossed you could be getting that all important call from Martina tell us how many bells were rung today and you are today's winner that's C103's Christmas Covered with Dennis and Mary Ryan where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived they're open seven days you can see rhines.ie now just quickly to go through some more of your calls uh, coming in Anne in Mallow was on to say has anybody else noticed a funny what she describes as a funny chemical taste from the water, she said, since yesterday. Anybody else notice that in Mallow? I'm not getting what area of Mallow Anne is in, but a funny chemical taste. Anybody else has noticed that? Let us know, please. Margaret in McCroom is a home help. Well done, Margaret. Uh, you're a busy lady. She was in Ballinagree Village. 
And she said she counted not one, not two, not three, but four empty houses. She, you know, she's listening to me talking about the homeless families, hearing about those children that are not learning to crawl and walk, not learning to chew properly because they're living in hotel rooms or they're living in B&B rooms. And yet Margaret is passing probably on a daily basis if she's a home help. Uh, four houses in Ballinagree that are empty. It makes absolutely no uh, sense uh, at all. Uh, some of your texts in. Uh, Patricia, you couldn't make it up, could you? 1.8 million euro now being turned into a closed rail. And you talking about silver jars? Talk about obscene. We are losing the run of ourselves. And Donal says, hi Patricia, read that printer. What sort of clowns have we in the doll that they couldn't get out and read a tape measure? And these are the people that we voted in to run our country. But remember the Taoiseach says absolutely nothing to do with the government. They are washing their hands of it. He says not to do with him. It's to do with the count. It's up to the, it's a matter for the count call. It's a matter for the houses of the Aractus, uh, not the government. And I, I'm, I'm still kind of scratching my head trying to work out house of the Aractus, the government. Are you not all the one? Not the one? Leo reckons they're not anyway. Hi Patricia, would you please announce that there's an evening of prayer and healing? We can all do with that. With Brother Johnson, it's in Theo Park, Lab of Malaga on Sunday afternoon, three o'clock start. It'll finish at 8pm. Light refreshments will be served, served and all are very welcome. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, joins me in studio. Um, how are you? Good morning to you. Good afternoon to you. You're welcome. Okay, you went along to the movies and you went along to see a festive offering, mm-hmm. which is last Christmas. And then the DVD is Stuber. Stuber. Uber, yeah. Uber with an ST before it. Yeah, yeah. His, name is, his name is Stu, who drives an Uber. Oh. And they call him Stuber. Now, that sounds like a terrible joke, but the movie is better than is that. Is it? Okay. All right. We're going to start, though, with uh, Last Christmas, which is uh, in the cinemas uh, for the time of year that's in it and all of that. And here is a quick trailer. Last Christmas, I was really sick. I nearly died. She's wasting her life working a silly Christmas show. Hey, oh, Time to sparkle. Hey. I'm Tom. We are so lucky to be alive. Okay, short little piece. Last Christmas, straight away you think of last Christmas, you think of Wham's song, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart. Anything to do with that? Oh, completely, yes. I mean, the film is just uh, peppered with uh, George Michael songs. Okay. And that's, it's called Last Christmas. It's, a, it's after the, the song Last Christmas by George okay. Michael. Yeah. I mean, somebody came up with the idea a couple of years ago, I think, and they went to uh, Emma Thompson. They said, look, we can't, we, we, we haven't got a hook here. We need a hook. You're a terrific writer. Come up with something. And she said, I saw an interview with her some time ago. She said she found it very, very difficult. How can I write a movie? Where's the hook to, to, to tie it in with, uh, with, uh, with Last Christmas from George Michael? Now, it's nothing like... A I should point out like uh, something like uh, Mamma Mia where all the songs lead into parts of the story I don't think it works at all and in fact uh, part of the problem is that I don't think the tie-in works either Do they and burst into song? They do quite often actually oh, yeah, okay. and Amelia Clark can so sing So it's, it's, it's like Mamma Mia in that regard Yes but a lot of the songs are George Michael I mean you know what I mean Faith. Sure, sure they sing they sing um, uh, Last Christmas uh, on a number of occasions throughout the film but okay. most of the music you hear is the originals from George Michael Oh okay yeah, and they, they, Which has nothing really to do with the storyline it's almost like okay we've got 
got uh, got a section here we can stick in a George Michael song. Let's do it because we've called it last Christmas. Uh, the thing about it is that um, you know it hasn't been very well received. People don't like it. And uh, I saw an interview with uh, Emma Thompson who was really sniffy about some of the reviews because the reviews would have been terrible. They said yeah. this is awful. This is terrible. And she said, look, you know, um, she said Danny McPhee wasn't very well received, which is not true because it was. Everybody loved Danny McPhee. So I was kind of surprised she said that. She said there was some sniffy reviews for Love Actually as well. So I think she's kind of looking for excuses here because it, to a, for a lot of people, it just simply didn't work. And, and they're hoping that it was going to be like Love Actually, was it? I mean, is that the whole idea that we would be talking about it in 15 years' time? And I think that's what they were setting out to do. And yeah. they were setting out to do a Christmas rom-com. And I think that was, for me, part of the problem. When I saw the trailer, and, you know, the, the, a lot of the trailer has uh, Amelia Clark and Henry Golding do a very kind of a middles and boom kind of meeting, kind of where they kind of meet and they go, hey, how's it going? And, you know, people talk in ways that in reality don't. They're very clever. They're very smart. They've always got a kind of a smart retort. And when I saw the trailer, I didn't like it. I just thought, I am going to absolutely hate this film. <laughs> and the reason why I presumed I hated it is because... You know, genius, I think, happens by accident sometimes. Whereas if you if you kind of direct yourself and you, you, you purposely go to do something, it doesn't really quite work because it's kind of a, a very kind of cynical, uh, you know, it's exercise. It's forced. You know, it's a bit like, you know, when you go on holiday when you're 19 and you have the best holiday of your life in Spain and you go, let's recreate it again next year and you go do it. It's never the same. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it happened by accident the first time. Yeah. So my, 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 my initial reaction was going to be, I was going to be quite cynical about this. And in fact, that I think is the way in which a lot of the reviewers have kind of looked upon it and said, look, this just simply doesn't work. It's a mess. It's all over the place. And I liked it. <laughs> and I didn't expect to like it. And maybe that's maybe because I went in with low expectations. I, yeah, I really that's, thought, yeah, that's true. Like that particular scene in the trailer, which I didn't really like, but once put into the context of the film, I think it, I think it all kind moment. of worked. I thought Amelia Clark and Henry Golding were very, very good together. They looked good. And I think, you know, I mean, look, we're looking at a London where people, you know, there's little or no traffic. It's got all Christmas lights. You know, it's a, it's a, it's anything a, but the reality of what uh, London exactly. is like running up to Christmas. Everybody seems to be walking and everybody seems to be on bikes. Mind you, they did film from 2 a.m. in the morning so that there was okay. nobody around. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, Amelia Clark, she works in this ridiculous kind of 12 month a year Christmas shop which is run by Michelle Yeoh, who calls herself Santa. So, you know, there's a lot of this kind of stuff. And normally I'd be, as a cynical person, I wouldn't really like it. But I got caught up in it, you know, because it's this lovely kind of Christmassy kind of uh, kind of Christmas music. George Michael, who I, I like, you know, whose music And there is like. Christmas besides Last Christmas. There is other Christmas songs? No, it? there aren't. No, 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 it's, it's, no. it's primarily um, him. And sure, a lot of it doesn't work. Be very careful because, look, there is a twist in it, all right? And one of the criticisms of the film is that... Uh, as part of its kind of advertising campaign, there are hints at the twist. So be very careful. I went into this because I didn't expect to even go and see it. So I knew nothing about it. Mind you, when the twist happened, I thought, mm, not sure. So there are times it really, really doesn't <laughs> now, work. Now I really want to know what the twist is. <laughs> and Emma Thompson gives herself this silly role where she has this Yugoslavian accent. You know what I mean? And, it, yeah. and that doesn't really quite work. But look, Emma's always been somebody I've admired a great deal. And uh, which is why, you know, you're, you're ending in, in the end, you're kind of disappointed that it isn't better. But I didn't dislike it as much as I thought uh, I, I, I would. And I got caught up, I think, with... with uh, I think they're at least trying to make something that was made... The kind of movies that we used to love before, and I think that's what they try to recreate. It maybe it's a bit on the cynical side, yes, but I got caught up with how lovely it all was. And uh, I ended Is it up funny? It. It's funny in places, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did laugh. I did, yeah. But will it go down? I mean, if, if we're whoever's doing this job it won't be us two in 20 years time will they be talking about oh remember that great Christmas movie last Christmas 
Do you know what I think it is? It has made some money, so it hasn't been a disaster, and I think the fans have liked it. If you go on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to talk about Rotten Tomatoes again with Stuber as well. Again, the critics and the fans, there's a huge difference between Which there the often likes. is. You've of, yeah. You often talk about that. So obviously the fans out there kind of like it very much indeed. And that's They've the got important to see it, one. And they're still going to see it. And, uh, do you know, if you like Love Actually, and if you like all of that kind of stuff, if you love Christmas, and you know, yeah. and you love what it's all about, then I think you, you will like it. If a cynic like me liked it, then so will you, I think. You Give know? it a try. Give yeah. it a try. It's last Christmas and it's out in the... Because there isn't a lot of Christmas movies out there at the moment. They don't They don't make... Years ago, or maybe maybe we think of everything different, there don't seem to be more Christmas movies. They don't seem to make that many, do they? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, no, there used to be... There tends to be one out every year. Is I that think. it? Yeah, they yeah. tend to be. And yeah. this is kind of this year's one. Um, I just wish it was better for people, but uh, I look, it, it, it wasn't terrible and I enjoyed it in the Mark end. Mark it out of 10? I'll give it seven. Seven. Have you an all-time favourite Christmas movie? If there's one Christmas movie that you have to watch every year, what would it be? Is there, is there one? Do you know, yeah, I mean, I liked The Santa Claus, you know, Tim, what's his name, I can't remember. I liked that movie. I mean, yeah. a lot of people didn't. I, I, I kind of think it's cute. I think the Richard Attenborough remake of Miracle on 34th Street, I think, you know, I love the original. Love the original. Love the original, but I think the, even the remake was just yeah. fabulous and Richard Attenborough is so good in that movie. I, I do, I like that one as well. Yeah. yeah. I, and Home Alone, I think you, that, that first Home Alone well, you, just, I, you can't beat that. You know, it's one of those movies because you know, over Christmas there's so much on you, flicking around you. Yeah. And if I ever come into the middle of it, no matter where, you, because we know the movie so well, yeah. it's kind of one of those ones you can't flick past. So you just stay watching it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose whenever I think Christmas movies, but I don't think movies primarily directed at Christmas. I think of things like Oliver. <laughs> Is it just me? Do you remember the Great Race years ago? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. All of those used to be shown at Christmas. Yeah, that's true. No, they're not really. They just happen to be shown at Christmas. All right, now this this is the DVD this is a comedy and it's Stu who's the Uber driver yeah. so he's called Stuber <laughs> is he called Stuber or it's just the movie is Stuber it is uh, he's, he works uh, in this kind of um, uh, the store and his boss who, who bullies him all the time uh, you know and when when it happens because I didn't know what Stuber meant until his horrible boss who bullies him uh, turned to him one day and called him Stuber and he said why do you call me Stuber all the time he says because you're Stu and you drive an Uber. And I just thought it was really funny and I just fell over laughing. And in fact, I laughed a lot on this film, whereas the critics have been really nasty and, and horrible towards it. I don't really, really know why. When I did kind of research it on the internet, I'm glad to say there is a huge section of people out there who have gone online and said, look, ignore what the critics say because this is actually really, really funny. But mind you, it's, all, it's, it's really, really funny down to this uh, actor called Kumail Nanjiani who is um, kind of a, from an Indian uh, descent. He's a stand-up comedian. We possibly don't really know much of about him uh, over here. He did play the character of Pawnee in uh, Men in Black 3, which was a terrible movie, but he was very good and he was very funny. And he basically plays himself in this kind of film. And he is just utterly hilarious. I remember seeing the producers of Shrek, for example, saying that when Eddie Murphy came in, um, he took an ordinary line and made it ten times better because, yeah. of course, that's what he does. And I think that's what Kamal can do here. He can take a, a, a line which is average and which doesn't seem really quite funny, but makes it funny because of his attitude and his kind of deadpan yeah. delivery. And David Batista, I mean, you know, he's an ex-wrestler. I don't know what it is about ex-wrestlers who become really good actors. I mean, The Rock is a very good actor. Michael yeah. Cena is a very good actor. Maybe it's because, you know, wrestling is this big kind of performance. and so Possibly, and, yeah. And, you know, David Batista in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was 
funny, so funny. And he's got this wonderful kind of comic talent. And between the two of them, yes, it's a mismatched buddy cop kind of movie. Yes, we've seen this kind of stuff before. before yeah. But it's all handled so well. And the two boys are absolutely hilarious. And whilst all the bullets and explosions are kind of flying around, Kumal, all he's worried about is his five-star rating constantly <laughs> throughout the whole film. You know, Which, if you're an Uber driver, is important. Exactly. And people yeah. die around him. He's going, is this, is this, going, is this going to make Effect any difference? Ratings? Is this going to affect my rating? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so you know, and the thing, the first hour of the film, you know, with so many movies made at nighttime this, uh, these days, you know, it, it's filmed around Los Angeles in the sunshine, and we haven't seen Los Angeles looking like that for a very very long time. The action sequences are very very funny. Yes, the the last section, it did kind of drag, and it didn't really really quite work. But up until then, that first hour, I thought I laughed out loud a lot. And again, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics are at forty two percent, but the audience is at seventy nine percent. Great, you know, people thought it was funny, and much to my surprise, and didn't expect it because there's been so many bad buddy buddy movies recently I laughed a lot well done well done and it's Stuber and that's out on DVD our streaming Mark that out of 10 I'll give it 8 8 out of 10 alright thank you for that have a lovely week and we'll chat again next week that's uh, Mark Malone our movie reviewer if you're not the one then why does my soul feel glad today if you're not the one then why does my hand fit yours this way If you are not mine, then why does your heart return my call? If you are not mine, would I have the strength to stand at all? I never know what the future brings, but I know you're here with me now. We'll make it through.
Cause I miss you Body and soul so strong That it takes my breath away And I breathe you Into my heart And pray for the strength To stand today Cause I love you That's Daniel Beddingfield on C103 and if you are not the one. Now, before I go, a lot of emails in just asking me to give a mention to things that are happening across this weekend and people that I promised that I'd give a shout out to. I particularly want to give a mention to an event that's happening tomorrow in the Steps shop, which is down by the plaza in Mallow. If you're passing the shop or have been passing the shop this week, you'll notice that there's a display in the window of little handcrafted items, all of these handcraft items were made by boys and girls between the ages of 8 and 12 who attend a daycare centre in Belarus in uh, the town of Velozhin in Belarus and there's a group of North Cork builders over the last number of years have been travelling out to Belarus and they've been doing some work on the classrooms and the daycare centre of these children and they just noticed how talented they were and how creative and craft the great craft work that they were doing so on a recent trip they were over I think it was around October they were over they just suggested to the teacher you know if you want to give us some of your items we'll bring them home and sell them and we'll make a little bit of money for you and we'll send it all back to you and you can put it back into the children maybe get more materials for the craft work or do it in some way to do some refurbishment work at the daycare centre so that's what the lads did then they brought as much as they could fit into their bags and their suitcases and they have it on display and it goes on sale tomorrow from 12 noon until 6 o'clock and it's just a one-off sale and I'd love to think that by close the business tomorrow all the items will be gone but then the money will go back to the to the teachers of those uh, children in Belarus. Lovely, lovely idea and good luck to, and it's been organised by Gerald Healy and the rest of the guys. Uh, good luck to all of them. I think it's a, it's a terrific uh, initiative. And the three tenors are playing in concert in St. Patrick's Church in Dunmanway tonight. The event has been organised as a community fundraiser for two worthy community causes, Dunmanway Community Hospital and St. Patrick's Community Hall Renovation uh, Fund. Uh, if you want to go along, the three tenors are absolutely stunning in concert and the only place really I think to appreciate and to appreciate the clarity of their voices is in a church because the acoustics in a church is amazing. So St Mary's Church in Dunman Way uh, tonight. You're invited to spend this evening at uh, from 8 o'clock in the Youth Centre in Formoy when this is Formoy t- Toastmasters are putting on a variety Concert in aid of Marymount Hospice, Frank Ryan, Sarah Barry, Michael Cronin, Michael Lovett, Castellines Gospel Choir, John and Francis, and guess what? Our own Sean Donnellan is your MC for the evening. That kicks off at eight o'clock tonight 
in the youth centre in Formoy that fundraiser by Formoy Toastmasters. Good luck to everybody there. And the Christmas party on behalf of the Convent of Mercy, the senior citizens, that's happening this coming uh, Sunday, half past two at um, uh, the Crossroads uh, Bar. And uh, we wish everybody. Uh, a very happy Christmas Sister Perpetua and the rest of the gang at the Convent of Mercy but they hope they have a lovely their annual Christmas party that is happening this coming uh, Sunday and once again a quick mention to the guys of the Donnerill Drama Society who are taking to the stage tonight with Kings of the Kilburn High Road. Now it's on in the Convent Chapel in Donnerill and I should have mentioned this when I said it earlier this show is for adults only. Anyone who's seen this play, it's the famous play by Jimmy Murphy, will know it's a great, it's a fantastic as a play, it's a fantastic play but it is an, an adult only audience in case, because you know, sometimes when local drama groups are putting on shows, people think oh, it'll be suitable for the family, this one's certainly not it's, it's adult only. Tickets can be booked by ringing 086 0819338 086 0819338 and they're asking people to please to book in advance, you can pay on the door then, because it's just to avoid disappointment and it runs across the, this weekend and next weekend in the Convent Chapel in Donnerill. So good luck to everybody involved there the, in the Donnerill Drama uh, Society. Uh, that's where I think I've wrapped it up and I've mentioned everything that I needed to uh, mention. Um, the Thanks to um, John Paul who's been producing all week and thank you to Bernie who uh, stepped into the breach today with uh, John Paul on a day off but he will be back with us on Monday morning. And of course we are continuing right across next week with the C103 Christmas we've got Christmas covered for you your chance every day next week to win the 500 euro all for one voucher we're playing it again today at 9 o'clock this morning the bells were ringing for with Simon 2 o'clock this afternoon Nick will play another set of bells and you've got to count each individual bell and I thought it was interesting listening to Anne who was our winner yesterday uh, when Martina gave her a call it was 13 was the answer for for yesterday she thought it was 14 but it was thankfully her daughter and, and her husband who were also listening at the same time said no ma you're wrong on that it's 13 so it was lucky because when I go down through I get to see all the texts that have come in or the whatsapps that have come in from the day before and it is amazing the number of people who get it wrong now a huge number of people yesterday for example had 13 but there was a large number of people like Anne were convinced they heard an extra bell and were putting 14 there was another cohort of people thought it was only 11 bells they were they missed out by two but it was 13 yesterday so you count the number of bells that Simon plays on the breakfast show at 9 then you count the number of bells that Nick plays at 2 then you wait until 5 o'clock count the number of bells that uh, Martina will play then you add the three together that's your total that's the number that you text or WhatsApp in to us. And then one of our lucky listeners with the correct answer, obviously, will get the call back from Martina. And if they tell us the right number, then they win for themselves the €500 Euro all for one voucher. You can go away and have a free festive shopping spree on us. And don't forget that you can download the C103 app to your phone because by downloading the C103 app, it means no matter where you are, you can go to the app and you can at nine, at two and at five and you'll be able to hear 
uh, just in case you're out. It's okay if you know you're going to be at home at 9, 2 and 5. But of course, uh, we're all eating busy lives and we might be out and about. So do download the C103 app. That's C103's Christmas Covered with Dennis and Mary Ryan, where the new 2020 C5 aircraft has arrived. Open seven days, crines.ie. And we'll do it again today and all over again next week. Okay, that's where I leave you for today. My thanks, as I say, to Barney Murphy for producing. We'll be back with you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. If you're staying up for the Late Late Toy Show, enjoy that, particularly the smallies. And we'll talk to you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. On to the 9 Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon.